Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Tech Educator Podcast, episode number 50. I can't believe that we're doing it. Thank you so much for being here and supporting us these last 50 episodes. We have a great show today. We are doing so many things. We're going to talk a little bit about Final Cut and wrap up a wonderful month of video editing. Going to talk a little bit about Compressor and what you do after you're done with your Final Cut project. And then we have a few other surprises coming from the world of Camtasia and also from our great friends in California. We have a featured pack show today I want to bring on from the wonderful land of the Golden States, Mr. Sam Patterson. Sam, how are you today? I am doing really well today, Jeff. Thank you. Thank you for being here tonight. Uh, what's going on with Patui? Well, last week we had a fairly unenergetic chat about I can't remember what. And uh, this week we're actually going to be merging with the BYOT chat and the Level Up Ed chat to create hashtag one big chat. And we're going to be talking about gamification and pedagogy and all of that stuff. Um, but I'm really getting to the point where I'm thinking of changing Patui from a weekly chat to an occasional chat where it just kind of happens whenever I want it to because the weekly thing, well, I, I'm spending a lot more time vlogging with the edgy puppets now. Well, that is so good. Did I hear earlier that you might be thinking about changing the acronym? Oh, he's always thinking about changing the acronym. He throws away one meeting, brings in another, pecans and toast, usually <laughs> eaten. I mean, like, he just does everything. I don't understand. So thanks, it's, thanks it, you're not changing it to, like, peoples and tacos under everything or something like that? Ooh, it could be, like, uh, pico and taco, usually eaten. Mmm. <laughs> Want to bring on our other co-host tonight from the great city of Chicago from a new location. Um, I, I, it's not his bedroom, I promise you that. Mr. Jeff Herb. Jeff, how are you today? Doing very well, Jeff. Good to be here. It's good to see you. How are, how are, how's the new place? Uh, very it's awesome. We uh, spent all day outside. It was actually the first day it's been above 55. Nice. Uh, it's actually probably the first day it's been above 50 here in Chicago. So spent the whole day doing yard work, which actually felt really good. Nice. We want to say thank you to our audience out there. We are, of course, using the hashtag Tech Educator, and we are here live every single Sunday at 7 o'clock Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. I think it's 4 o'clock Arizona at this time even by watching TeacherCast.tv, where you can, of course, check us out on Twitter live at Tech Ed Show. Email us at feedback at techeducatorpodcast.com. Leave us a voice message at techeducatorpodcast.com slash voicemail. And did you guys see what was going on this week over at our channel, tech, uh, teachercast.net slash YouTube? Have you guys seen all the activity that was going on this week? It's pretty awesome. There has been a lot of activity. Let me see if I can show you guys a couple things here. Um, of course, let me bring this up. If you go over to teachercast.net slash YouTube, last week we had a great show on Final Cut where we did a screencast of how to do Final Cut Pro in 30 minutes. Sam, you were there. What did you think about the show? Uh, it was a really good show. Um, it's almost a little embarrassing when we get this excited because people actually, you know, like watched what we did. But, you know, <laughs> it was uh, really great because it was on target. It was short enough and it had kind of a good beginning audience and that's what the uh, the blogger who picked it up for was it FC, FCP Pro was that the blog that picked it up? We got picked up by quite a few blogs and it just goes to show you the power of hashtags if you check us out over at teachercast.net slash YouTube you will see the great, the powerful, the mighty, the Waka Patui and it says here learn how to use Final Cut Pro X in 30 minutes. Now, the one thing that I am really, really excited about is this number right here 
in five days we hit over three thousand views and for us here and for and for for anybody here in edtech that is going viral and that is really really cool in fact it's been a great time here in teacher cast land we have one more we have a few milestones that we want to talk about here but the one that i'm kind of giddy about is this number right here we just passed over eleven thousand twitter followers and so if you're out there watching and following the teacher cast account i want to say thank you guys to that very very much we really really appreciate it here um really really awesome to have everybody here and join us want to show you guys one more thing i don't know if you guys caught this or not um if i go up to my channel here we just also passed 900 subscribers, which is amazing. Um, YouTube used to have a, a big party for you if you passed 1,000. So we're coming up on that 900 subscribers. And we are, depending on I what... I can really relate, Jeff, the, the Edge of Puppets. We're, we're coming up on uh, 14 subscribers. <laughs> well, you're almost there. You're, you're almost right, there. Right. And, and maybe we're, we should, we're, we're getting there. Maybe we should do a show on how to pick up those subscribers because we're doing some pretty fancy things here. Another number that I just want to throw out and again, I, I don't like numbers, but I'm proud of these numbers. 99,913 views. And I know that number is false because it was stuck there yesterday. Once, once you get past a certain number, it takes YouTube a while. But I'd be guaranteed to say that we are at over 100 thousand views and in fact if you do a couple other analytic reports on me here you'll actually see that i've hit 104,000. so hundred thousand plus views 900 plus subscribers eleven thousand twitter followers and a great week here on our screencast thank you everybody for supporting teacher cast and teacher cast educational broadcasting we bring you the best in education plus the edge of puppets right wait 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 Plus the edu puppets, Jeff. Yes, because we bring you everything that's great about education, and you're here too. <laughs> Isn't that is that's right? Yeah, that's that's right. How are the kids doing, Jeff? The kids are doing wonderful. Uh, I had the pleasure of uh, watching two of them today. Uh, for those of you who are following our Remind 101 hashtag, which, by the way, have you seen all the updates that Remind 101 has? Uh, my son had surgery on Friday. He actually had a tracheotomy, which means right there he now has a breathing tube. And so he's doing okay. Uh, this is something that we elected to do to help him out, to get him past. He's, you know, he's still not officially past day one yet, meaning he can't breathe on his own. But this is the first step in helping him do that. And so in the next few months, they're going to be helping him out of that and uh, or through that, I should say, and then start with the feeding. But uh, thanks for asking, guys. Um, he's doing as well as can be for somebody in, in his position right now. Good to hear. Sam, you recently did your own screencast. Why don't you talk to us a little bit about what you've been doing this week? So what I've been doing this week is I have uh, actually, the highlight of the week was I worked with some second graders to have them do stop action animation using uh, iStop Motion. And that was an easy enough interface that they were actually able to email their videos onto our blog after it was done. So that was a very exciting day. We're trying to get them to the point where in a couple of weeks, once they have their unique bug designed they can actually have their bug do some walking in this uh using this animated film um 
but it's always when you get to the end of a video project knowing where it's going to go and how you're going to share it is always a little difficult with these stop action movies it was great because you know the kids can spend all hour making a stop action movie and end up with something that's eight and a half seconds long it's perfect for the teacher workflow at the end of it because it's a short movie short processing short upload plays almost instantly you gotta love it with the work that I do, I usually have videos that I'm shooting for, you know, two to five minutes. So I can't necessarily email them out, and I need to make sure that they're going to be in the right format for however I'm going to share them. So what I've done this week after our awesome Final Cut Pro lesson last week is I was kind of talking about and sharing the end of the process in Camtasia. They have a very simple kind of export process. You make a couple quick choices, and it takes care of most of the details for you. Um, and I kind of put together a screencast about that this week, if you include, you know, two hours before the show is this week. <laughs> it absolutely does. Now, what uh, software were you using to record the screencast on Camtasia? I was using Camtasia to record the screencast on, Cam on Camtasia. So it was a, a very meta process. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. It was. You have to be very careful not to open the wrong window, otherwise... You know, you rip a hole in the space-time continuum, and Spock comes back and visits with Spock, and bad things happen. Well, is it the old Spock or the new Spock? Because I think the old Spock came back yes. and had dentures. Well, you know. Shall we run that video? That's a great idea, Jeff. <laughs> Anything to progress the show. <laughs> what we're talking about today is exporting out of Camtasia and what I've got here is a short video clip that I made where I imported this video from my phone using TechSmith Fuse and have kind of cut it up, done a little bit of editing and prepared it. It's very short, it's only about a minute and 12 seconds long. <clears throat> when I imported it I set the size we can see up here to 1280, 720, that's standard YouTube dimensions, and that's where I'm going to share it too. So on my drop down here, I have a number of choices. I've got a 720p and a 480p choice here with video player or without. It's just different levels of post-production support. I've got share to Google Drive, which is really handy, even share to screencast.com. So if, if YouTube and Google Drive aren't accessible to you, you should be able to get to screencast.com. I'm going to choose YouTube. I'm going to choose next, and I'm going to make sure that I've got my correct account and password. I do. It's going to prompt me for the title and description of my video, and this is Edu Puppets Vlog Episode 10. That's about all there is to it. 
with that, I have sent the project off. I can export it again for a local copy, uh, but this is processing it to directly upload to, to uh, YouTube, which is where I want to share it from. I'm not doing a lot of local sharing or storing of these. Um, yeah, sometimes I don't even save the project file because they're really unidirectional kind of production. These little one minute, minute and a half videos are just made to illustrate an idea, try something out. Sam, great video there. Yeah, Thank nice you very stuff. much. Tried to keep it short and to the point. But uh, that's the nice thing about Camtasia. There is uh, not a whole lot of choice points once you're so far into it. Mm -hmm. Now, how long did it take to actually come up with that? Because we, we do have some questions here in the chat box here. But how long does it actually take from soup to nuts? Let's say you're even a novice at doing these screencasts. What does it take? Um, well, if you're using Camtasia... It doesn't take very long at all. Basically, it takes the amount of time to record the screencast, and then depending on how many errors you made or how much you want to compress different parts of it or add call-outs, obviously for that vlog, um, there wasn't a lot of technical detail I was drawing attention to. I wasn't strategically using call-outs. I just had that one bar that I used a couple of times. Uh, so that took very little time to put together. I just dropped the edits in there, moved a couple things around, and hit go. Nice. Now, Jeff, you have a setup yourself when you do your podcast. Could you take us through a little bit about your um, output process here? Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, I'm having some major difficulties here. I'm trying to pull up things to be able to demonstrate it. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you. Okay, good. Just wanted to make sure. Um, I'll take you through the audio component of it, and while my computer's trying to catch up with what I want it to do... Um, then I'll show you the process on a screen share. But um, ultimately, I'm more on the equipment or hardware side of creation, and then I use software to actually edit and produce the podcast itself. Um, I have a mixer board. I have a Shure SM58 microphone, and then I also go into a Sony uh, recording device that is strictly for recording audio. Um, I go into my board through my Shure SM58 uh, in using an XLR cable into the mixer, and then through the main out, I go right into my uh, audio device. The nice thing about that is that you really don't need to have any device running. You don't need a computer, you don't need an iPad, an iPhone, anything like that if you don't want to. And what I've kind of found about that process is that it really makes me focus a little bit more on the content um, because that's what I'm doing. There's no screen. There's no way for me to get off track. And uh, I can really keep tabs of what my content is and make sure that that's what I'm talking about. Um, that, and I don't need to really be connected to anything. I don't have, need to be streaming to a cloud service or anything like that that's actually doing the recording. So what will happen then is I get that raw file in my, my recorder, and then I just dump it straight into uh, GarageBand. I take that file right off of my recorder. I hook it up via USB, and uh, I dump it straight into GarageBand. And let me share my screen, and I'll just kind of show you what that looks like real fast. Uh, it's very basic. If you've used GarageBand before, this will be a uh, review for you. And if you haven't, you'll see just how easy it actually is. You have to bear with my 
every time I go to do a demo, I feel like my computer just freaks out at me. Okay. You should see my screen now, correct? Yes. Excellent. Oh, you're using the uh, new GarageBand, is that it? I'm using an old version of GarageBand. Oh, okay. No, this is old GarageBand. I, I, I like um, the, the old I, much better. There is a new version. I do too. That's why I haven't updated. Um, <laughs> this is an, maybe a version or two old of GarageBand, and I've just stuck with it because once you get comfortable with something, sometimes it's hard to change. Um, something is freaking out. Um, okay, and then you can see here I have different tracks. I roll in my intro audio. I roll in my interview if I have one my ending information and then any kind of, you know, sound effects or anything that you'll see um, right in here in, in four different tracks. Uh, that's really easy to do. You can move them around, drag and move, really easy to rearrange things. And then ultimately when you're ready to produce and you have it the way that you want to, you just go up to share and then uh, export podcast to disk. The nice thing about that is it makes a nice compressed uh, mp3 version of your whole four audio tracks you can see here in the box i export using 64 kbps in mono channel because the majority of what people are either listening to or the streaming services that they uh will upload it to are mono anyway so there's no sense in doubling the size of the file just for the sake of doing it because a lot of them don't support that anyway um so you can see that for you know a good half-hour, 25-minute podcast. You can come in at around 9.5 megabytes. Uh, and I throw that right up to Libsyn. I use Libsyn as my audio host of choice. Uh, Libsyn's really cool because you can start out with either a free account or a $5 account, depending on how much upload you want. And your upload totals reset every month. So um, you could get the plan that has 50 megabytes of upload, um, and that's not just storage space. You have unlimited storage space, but you have 50 megabytes a month of upload. So if you have this 9.5 megabyte file and you do four of those a month, you can do a weekly podcast for $5 a month on Libsyn and be within your 50 megabyte total. So it's kind of a pretty cool deal, a uh, very inexpensive way to do your hosting. It's a very uh, fast and reliable host as well, and that's what I've really liked about them. So that's kind of my workflow. I record into a piece of hardware, uh, my Sony recorder, um, I take that, plug it into my computer, and edit that way uh, right into GarageBand. And could I record directly into GarageBand? Sure. But I feel that I have a lot less issues recording to a device that is strictly designed for recording than uh, I've had. I've tried going into GarageBand a couple of times, um, well, for a long time. And even if you lose one show um, because of something you did wrong or because the software decides to crash out, that's enough to not do it anymore. <laughs> so that's what's worked for me, and that's what I enjoy doing. That's my workflow for my podcast. And uh, is that something that you might have uh, on Instructional Tech Talk that we might be able to look at? Uh, the workflow, you mean? Yes. I have not put that together, but I'd be happy to do a post about that uh, this week. Excellent, excellent. Well, Sam, you have one more thing for us here, don't you? Samuel? Here's hoping. I'm struggling a little bit on this end with the tech, but it looks like if I screen share it, I should be able to do this. So, pardon the rest of my desktop. It won't let me just grab the phone and have it actually show up. Um, but one of the 
workflows kind of obsessed with are the ones that live completely within your phone. So I took that video today on my phone. Uh, so I wanted to show you what I can do with it just from within my phone. So here I've opened iMovie and I'm in the video menu. And if I click on this video right here in the share button, I can click then on create movie, which will take me directly into creating a new movie, existing projects. Okay, so we're going to create the movie and it drops it into the timeline already. And I'm going to throw some edits in here. And I know where some of these are because okay. I edited it before. Now I've highlighted the thing by tapping it, the, the clip, and then I just slide my finger down to slice it. And then I'm going to throw that away. I'm going to come in here and kind of come back to the beginning. I know there was at least one good hard edit up here that I wanted to do. Now, it would be really great, and what I don't know is if I have any adjustment here, doesn't look like there is much I can do as far as exposure, but I can zoom in, and that zoom's going to stick for the whole thing. And that works. That kind of edits most of me out, makes it look like a sloppier... Uh, vlog style video and now I can add a title right here at the beginning we're going to add an opening title and the text is going to be will it give me the opening uh, we'll call it vlogging while driving <laughs> to, to be clear I wasn't actually driving while I was doing this just But I did go to a really great session on vlogging at the Q conference, and I'm kind of playing with a lot of those ideas right now. So it says vlogging while driving. Now, I don't want there, that to be on there for too long, so I'm going to go down here, and I'm going to cut that section. So it's only going to show up there. And I'm going to go to the end and make another cut so I can put an end title on there. In title closing and we will say Edu Puppets vlog episode 10 it even corrected my spelling isn't that great <laughs> wonderful I can hardly see this let alone type on this tiny screen now I'm gonna add some am I gonna add some music and maybe not okay let's see what it's got for me we're gonna go theme music Anything but neon, you know what I mean? <laughs> what were they thinking, honestly? Should we do a show asking Apple what they were thinking with that neon thing? That's just not okay. I don't want to get on Apple's bad side right now. Okay, so then we definitely will not be talking about that. So now that this is all done, I can back out of this, change the name to Vlog10, And it quit on me. It won't show you the final product. Isn't that great? But in that amount of time, I took that one-minute video and edited the whole thing, and it is now ready to upload to the uh, EduPuppets YouTube channel, which is what I'm going to do right now, and probably replace the one that I uploaded 
from Camtasia just because I forgot to put music behind that one. <laughs> nice. Nice. We have some great uh, questions going on here in our chat room. Of course, we are live here on Sunday nights at 7, 7 o'clock Eastern. Peggy, what time is it in Arizona right now? Because I know it's 4 o'clock out there where, where Sam is. Um, but now we have a lot of stuff. People are saying happy 50th episode. So, uh, you know, same thing for you guys. Happy 50th. If you are enjoying yourself on our show each and every week and you want to say thank you and you want to say happy 50th right to the right of our chat box is our pod fund and uh we've been kind of stale the last couple weeks but uh we are still hopeful to get a little bit of support here we have a couple big announcements before into our last one sam did you know that we have some big announcements today i heard that there were all kinds of big announcements today are we getting our own killer whale Yes. Please, please. Uh, well, well, there, there's, there's a reason. Yes, I'll put it that way. When I say yes, we're getting our killer whale. Uh, Teacher Cast Studios is going in the next couple weeks into a major, major overhaul, only so we can keep the entertainment level up for Brian and Peggy and Craig and Jessica and Sam and Jeff out there. So we want to make sure. So this is hopefully, I think hopefully, the last week you guys are going to be seeing us uh, at about 360 DPI or low resolution. Um, Starting the next time we see you, which might be next week, it might be the following week, we are going complete big high def. Um, We have a brand new broadcast. That's crazy, Jeff. It is. It is. That means walk a year. That's nuts. That, that now that means Walker, you're not going to be as fuzzy as you normally are. I I don't think you're right about that. I don't think you understand how television works. My fuzziness stays the same. Jeff, how is this possible? How are we going HD? Well, because sorcery. Yes, I I I I I'm magical. Um, why? Because I have a brand new Mac Pro coming, and I've been been very been very very uh, quiet about it. I know. But uh, we will be uh, completely overtaking this uh, this broadcasting thing and be popping out way, way, way more. If you liked that screencast last week, just wait. There's tons of them. Um, I put out in the chat there, if there are other topics that you'd like us to hit, either on TeacherCast, Tech Educator, Instructional Tech Talk, or Patui, please let us know. But our, our plan is to go complete high def with TeacherCast Broadcasting, with Tech Educator, with our app spotlights. With uh, We were actually producing a few other shows out there that we're looking to bring out to you guys. Um, again, 100,000 viewers can't be wrong. Maybe. And sure. so, uh, yeah, we have, a, we have a Mac Pro coming. And so I think what we're going to do is we're going to do the, the geek thing and we're going to do a show or two on, on what it is. How does it work? Why is it important? Um, right now, we're cruising pretty well. But if you guys look at it from my side, um, my computer right now is actually at 94 to 98% usage right now. So the CPU or the, or the, you know, the brain of this thing is actually cooking at about 80, 98%. And uh, hopefully next week, I've been told people that are doing the same thing that I'm doing, crunching high def resolution on a new Mac Pro, hover that CPU usage around 5%. <laughs> so oh, oh, that's uh, madness. So what does that mean? That means that we can crunch more people in because the more people you I don't know if you guys this is geek talk here, but the more people that we have in a Google Hangout, um, the more bandwidth we need, the more bandwidth we need, the more it can crunch. Um, our CPU usage, and of course that means that we drop frames and all this other stuff. So um, if you look at Walker right now, he's actually not in high def 
and I don't bring him in in high def, and then I don't output him to you in high def. Well, that's all going to change. Waka's going to be a lot better looking. I don't know about that. What do you mean? <laughs> well, you know, like in high school, they kind of put a soft focus on the senior portraits so you can't see their acne. Yeah, and they're also all wearing jeans. Have, have you watched like anything in high def? Those people are ugly. <laughs> but, Walker, I'm trying to make you look better. I just don't think that a sharp focus is going to be my friend here, Jeff. Well, look at look at your face and how close it is to the screen. We're going to try to get more pixels in between you and Craig Yen. I just <laughs> I don't even think I'm going to comment on that. I have too much respect for Craig Yen. But on the on on the plus side, Walker, you're going to actually be able to next time we're out broadcasting, you're going to actually be able to broadcast in your own screen so we can actually see you and Sam on different screens. That doesn't sound like a good idea either, Jeff. Hey, Walker, I have to ask, what did you think of the Muppet movie? Okay, okay. Uh, well, I did go see the Muppet movie. Well, let me, let me say this. I went and saw the new Ricky Gervais movie, and from what I understand, there were a number of Muppets in it. So, Jeff, what's going on this week in Tekken? <laughs> <laughs> you can't even have a natural transition from that. <laughs> no. no. It's like, what? <laughs> it's like, what is that? We have derailed. <laughs> Seriously, no, um, was, it, was Muppets a good movie? I haven't seen it yet. Um, yeah. I... <laughs> God bless him. But, you know, if anybody, if you've got Frank Oz singing in Miss Piggy's voice, then you've got something totally magic going on. Otherwise, it's just, you know, people playing with puppets. I don't know what to say. Frank Oz is awesome. Right, but he's just he's a non-participant in this one, so... Right. Yeah. Speaking of, this week I had the pleasure of doing a show with uh, a company that makes this called Advanced Games. E-V-A-N-C-E-D. Advanced Games. And it's over at podcast.teachercast.net slash games. And I don't know if you got a chance to see this, but it's a really good show. They're doing a a thing called Wandu Planet, which is this really, really neat interactive game to help kids learn literacy. And let me show you what I had to do to get that working here. If I crunch over to here, you'll see I have Final Cut Pro set up, and I have all of my edits, and I have an edit here. I brought in this movie here for our bumper. I brought in our intro movie, and then I cut up myself doing the intro. Where are we? And then we just did our final cut. Now, the idea here that we wanted to talk about is how do you export this? And we touched a little bit about this, but I really wanted to, to kind of go into a little bit more detail here and talk about ways to export for your class. Because there's a lot of interesting things that you can do here to save yourself time and aggravation. First thing that we wanted to do when we exported this video is to hit the share button. And as you can see here, Sam, the first thing that they want us to do is export this to DVD. Is there any reason out there, guys, why we would want to export it to DVD? 
for a second, I had to do a little hard thinking there to remember what a DVD was. Um, <laughs> are we going to store this file in a red box dispenser? We are not going to store this in a red box dispenser. It is not going to be. Then a- we don't need to put it on DVD. So we don't need to put it on DVD. Um, one of the neat things that you can do is you can actually, and we didn't mention this either, but we actually have this option here to save current frame. We can export it to a master file. We can do all of these different things. We can also export it right out to YouTube or Vimeo, or Facebook, but we want to do all of those things at the same time. Waka, have you ever had way Is that a German Shepherd in the backseat of a taxi cab? Are you jealous? I I just, uh, maybe. Yes, yes it is. Huh. Oh, are you going to put it on Facebook? Put it on Facebook. Come on, come on, come on, put it on Facebook. If I wanted to put it on Facebook, which I wouldn't do this because the video is is about 25 minutes long, all I'd have to do is hit... Is hit the Facebook is it about button. Cats or unicorns? Say it again. Is it about cats or unicorns? Uh, no, no, no. It's about Wandu Planet, which is a fantastic new game that's in beta. And if you notice here, as soon as I click on this, it's actually a gigabyte big. And that's so I, I wouldn't want to. And in fact, Facebook wouldn't be able to take this up here. So we wouldn't want to do that. So what we're actually going to do is we want to do three things. We want to export it. We want to do it faster, and we want to create several different types of media at the same time. So we're actually going to do a program called Compressor. We talked about this a little bit last week, but we're going to go to Final, Send to Compressor. And I know exactly what you're thinking, Walker. You're thinking, Compressor? I don't even know her that well. And so we have this export right wait, here. Wait, wait, what, what does that mean? I'm not going to go into that. Oh, okay. You can't make me. So I'm going to open up Compressor here, and I'm going to go to my current. i got three tabs. i got Current, Active, and then Complete It. And the Complete It's really interesting because we'll, we'll go into that later. But we'll go into Current. And over here, we have all of the export uh, options. We can export into our iTunes library. And the idea behind the word Compressor is it's taking that one gigabyte file and it's squishing it down. It's compressing it down into a very, very small file. So we can do things like email it and share it. If we wanted to, we can create a DVD or Blu-ray, which I don't know, Jeff. This is kind of interesting that it does have Blu-ray options since Apple doesn't yeah, currently support doesn't currently Blu-ray support Blu-ray. Right. Even though right. last I heard they're still on the board of the blu-ray company um i can of course prepare this for live streaming i can publish this down to facebook i can do a lot of different things with this but what i want to do is i want to actually export the mp3 and so i'm just going to drag this over here because let you know because whenever i do my shows just like you jeff i i want to take all the video out and i just want to make an audio show so i can name it a couple different things i can name this one do planet and it says here the description i can change the description if i want to one do planet audio it says that it is an mp3 where do i want it saved i can have it saved on my desktop set the duration to now let's say this was a long thing and i only wanted to do the first five minutes i can certainly do that so for instance let's say i was i was recording a whole video but i only wanted to have my kids get the audio of maybe 10 minutes in the middle i can easily just strip the audio of a movie or anything very very easily here and then over here under audio, do I want it in stereo? Now, Jeff, you mentioned something. I'm glad you did. You said audio is good for mono because really yep. for these podcasts, we're not doing very much. 
And so if you notice right here, this now says stereo, and this now over here says mono. Now, sample rate now, is easy. Now the problem with that, Jeff, and I've had this problem, Jeff, heard with your, your podcast, is when I listen to your podcast and I'm watching with my Oculus Rift, it doesn't know where to place you in the 3D holographic environment. <laughs> can you well, say, can for you... that reason, I guess I'll start outputting a, a stereo version as well. Can, Booyah! Can, can you say that one more time? That to happen to you. The, the stereo Oculus. I, I, I like to watch podcasts using my Oculus Rift. R- Walker, you, you're going to have to step back from the camera a little bit. It's it's come on. I, I can step all the way back here. It's a it's a big room. We keep, can all fit in it, Jeff. What, wait, I can't. One, keep going. Uh, how's that? Keep one more time. Keep going. Uh, how's that? And so when we're here in compressor, <laughs> we have these <laughs> options here for all the audio. Um, use variable bit rate. And so we have that. Now, here's the neat thing, Jeff. I found this yes. yesterday. After we are done compressing it, it can do a few things. It can add the fade-ins. It can add the fade-outs. All those really, really neat things. Now, well, that's cool. on top of that, I also want to put out a video. So let's say that I'm going to put out a small video here of 480p because I do want to put it up on YouTube or up on Facebook. I also have those channels here. I can, of course, make it my default location on the desktop. I can say, do I just want to output the video or the audio? I have, I have those as well. I can, of course, rename them. And really, it gives you so many different parameters here. But the point is you're using all of these at the same time. When it gets done one thing, it'll automatically do another one. You can actually have it export to the same MP3 file, but you can name it three different things for some reason. Cool. So let's say you wanted a high-def feed, a medium-def feed, and a low-def feed. You can put all that stuff out at the same time. If I click on the actual bundle here, and I don't know if that's the precise term, but the actual bundle here, um, when it's done, I found this one yesterday, activity when done, I can actually have this whole thing added to the library. I can create a DVD of the whole thing, or my favorite one, I can publish all of it to YouTube, or it can actually send me an email saying I'm finished. That's cool. So let's say that you want to create this and then send it to somebody and it takes an hour and a half to render. Uh, It'll actually send you an email when it's finished to say, hey, come back to the computer and find me. So I think that's a really, really neat thing. Once you hit click on batch, I'll do that here. I'll stop in the middle. Uh, Okay. So we don't want that. So when when it does hit batch, you go into active. And when you're finished, you go to complete it. But the neat part about complete it is if you actually drag down from these uh, triangles, you can actually go onto the finder and it'll show you where that video is. Let's say you accidentally saved it inside your hard drive somewhere, not your desktop. It'll actually tell you where that file is. Because I don't know about you guys, but several times when I'm rendering videos, I forget where I saved it from. Or maybe I hit the save button without changing where the default is. So there's a lot of neat things there. And again, it takes that one gigabyte file and really compresses it down to something completely manageable. And um, yeah, it's a really, really neat thing. Uh, Compressor is a $50 add-on to Final Cut Pro. Um, There's, of course, a a classroom set if you want to buy a few versions of it. But, you know, people talk about Final Cut Pro all the time. And I really do believe that if you're going to do Final Cut, Compressor is one of those must-needed applications. Now, 
Jeff, if I was running teaching Final Cut Pro in a classroom situation and I was working on uh, some computers that had network storage space, could I, as the teacher, load an entire class's worth of stuff into compressor to render overnight? Absolutely. And that is the neat thing. If you are on shared storage, and, and thanks for asking that question, um, if you are on st- shared storage where you have one hard drive that everyone's sharing stuff to, you could easily batch 15 or 50 files, depending on how much your heart, you know, your, your, your computer can handle, and put them all into one big, huge uh, compressor project. And really, there is no limit to how many actions you can have in here per one video. Or if I wanted to, I can put 100 videos on here and then have several actions. Of course, it all takes time. Right now on my iMac to render out Tech Educator, which is an hour-ish, takes about an hour and a half. And that's a couple – That's a, it's a 2010 model with uh, 16 gigs of RAM on my brand-new macbook over here which is an i7 chip to run all of tech edger takes me about 20 minutes so i'm really interested to see what the mac pro is going to do in a few weeks once i start doing that because i don't know uh, you know after we're done with this we have principal cast at uh nine thirty at eight thir- nine thirty yeah nine thirty um my <laughs> goal is always to have tech educator rendered done up finished by the time principal cast comes on and the only way to do that is fast output and fast compression and uh and having a really good show too with less editing so those are different ways that you can output i i don't know sam i really am a big fan of camtasia i think it's a great screencasting app jeff do you have a screencasting app of choice uh, i use camtasia mm-hmm. yeah it's awesome that's the one i usually go with true that i like camtasia i also use screenflow which is a telestream program yeah, ScreenFlow is good, too. I've used that a couple of times as well. But I'm sitting here trying to make the decision of do I want to upgrade to ScreenFlow 4.5 because it's it's not 64-bit, but it's able to run on the faster processors a lot better than the current version that I use. And I'm not sure if uh, Camtasia has gone up to being able to use that because you know, I'm going to be working on two, two D700 GPUs soon. It's going to be fun. <laughs> I can't tell. Are you excited or? <laughs> I haven't been this excited since November the seventh. <laughs> and each day, it's increasingly a little bit more excited. It's 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 yeah. I'm I'm yeah yeah. When, yeah. when you get when you get when you get the email and it says shipping to store, you just go giddy 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 giddy. Anyway. <laughs> Guys, you know, it's been 50 episodes, and I want to say thank you to out there to everybody. Um, not for short, Peggy and Craig and Simon and Louise and, and everybody out there who's been listening to this um, for the last 50 episodes. We have been through Evernote and Final Cut and, and, and Remind 101 and all these other great apps that are out there. Of course, the question that people are asking, and I know Waka was asking this earlier – where do we go to see all this great content, right, Walker? I thought the question was, when is the sing-along? Soon. The sing-along is uh, soon. Like now? No, no, no. First, we have to tell people... One, to... two... No, 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 no. no. We, go no. To, no, no. we go to the techeducatorpodcast.com, and that's where we can find everything. And, of course, we love it when you sign up for our YouTube channel and all that good stuff. Please take a moment to do so. And, Walker, you can sing anything you want that's not copywritten. Go for it. Uh, 
Perfect. So some traditional song, I guess. Green sleeves. Oh, you can sing. Green. Yeah, that's that's a good one. You can sing green screens. Green. I like that. I like that. That could be our theme, but somebody would have to write it, and then it would be copywritten. I I won't put it under copyright if I write it. Why not? Wouldn't you want to protect your work? I'm giving it to you to sing. Oh, that's beautiful. You're a great man, Jeff. Thank you. It's awfully kind of you to say. Right. <laughs> very, very good. Very, very good. Um, so, tell you what. I don't know. Good talk. Good talk. <laughs> good, good times, guys. Let's do this again sometime. Here's to another 50. 50 episodes and I've run out of things to say because I'm sitting here listening to my daughter scream in the other room. <laughs> you should put her on. What was that? Can we mix minus the uh, the the monitor into the show next time? I don't know if I can. Can I plug her in? She's working on her own output right now, I think. Oh, yeah. my. That's pretty awesome. That's a bad joke. Or if so. I was, uh, I was having the kids at home. Kids at home are wonderful. Um, it's been almost yeah. two months. Uh, it's bittersweet. I love having both of them home. But I'm tired of people looking at them and saying, are they twins? And then we say, no, they're triplets. And then people look at us and go, where's the other one? Quizzically. We see two. Right. Just two. So, um, you know, a couple weeks, two weeks ago, we actually had them in the same crib together. We were allowed to bring them down to the. uh, I saw that picture. I love that picture, Jeff. That was a great picture. And it's uh, my screensaver now. I promised Craig that we would put some more pictures up on the Flickr thing because I've got some more. Okay, finally Simon is getting the output joke. That's awesome. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, when you're on a minute and a half tech delay. Um, Yeah, so if you notice on teachercast.tv, we've been updating the page a little bit, and we've changed things. We've added a calendar up on top. And so, yeah, there's a lot of neat things that are going on here. I've been really getting ready for for, um, 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 our move to high Walk it. Are you okay? I'm okay. I was just stretching. I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't know you could see me. Yes, I can see you. We can still see you. I, I get a cramp sometimes at the end of the show. I have to. I. I have to stretch. You know, I didn't see Kermit stretching at the end of his movie. Okay. First of all, <laughs> Kermit wasn't in that movie. What? No. No. Those are both imposters. It's the oldest ruse in the book. We're gonna throw in. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll make one fake Kermit part of the plot so you don't see that there's really two fake Kermits. We haven't seen the real Kermit in years, Jeff. Well, I was just <laughs> confused on how, how Piggy and Kermit... Why are we talking about this? How Piggy and Kermit could get married I again. I didn't bring it up. They already, got, fact. they already got married at Muppet Steak Manhattan. Why are they getting married again? Uh, one half plot, and they have to redo it every time. I don't know. I don't know if you guys were aware of this, but on Thursday, and uh, it was it Wednesday and Thursday or Thursday and Friday, correct me here, but there was an amazing uh, leadership summit that was led by Steve Hargadon and had some great keynotes from Eric Scheniger and Bill Brennan and others. And I want to give a big shout out to our good friend Peggy, who helped me through our Evernote session. Um, we had about 25 or so in our Evernote session. And, uh, Jeff, we gave big props to you since without you doing oh. this show, I would not be an Evernote person. But uh, I, cool. had a, I, I had a great opportunity to talk about that. 
That's awesome. Can I switch topics and try to save this show for a little bit? That'd be fine. Good luck. Switch to something we can edit to instead of edit out. <laughs> I have an opportunity this week to to do a phone call um, with the school district who basically wanted to know how do we start a technology program? Should we go Google? Should we not go Google? How do we start the teacher professional development program? How do we get kids involved? And I want to transition to this because right before starting the show today, I actually saw an article on Zite that talked all about gamification of professional development courses and how to give badges to your teachers for creating or for attending professional development sessions and, and doing things. Um, Jeff, as an administrator, what are, what are your thoughts? If a school district comes to you and says, we don't know if we want to go Google, we're not sure about all this stuff, help us, Charlie Brown. <laughs> Well, the first thing I would say, and it's the first thing that I say to any of our teachers that are, you know, coming to me or coming to our uh, media staff saying, um, hey, I want to try technology, you know, that kind of blanket statement. I want to put technology in my classroom. How do I do it? And the first thing I always tell them is you need to figure out what your end goal is. Why? What are you trying to accomplish? And then we can determine what kind of technology can help you get there. And so I know it's difficult to kind of look at the final goal, the end of the road, the whatever, you know, saying you want to use to accomplish that. But you really need to find out what the goal is of your curriculum and what are you trying to accomplish with your students, because that will lead you in the direction of what technology is best suited to accomplish your curricular goals. So that's how I always start a conversation is what do you want the kids to learn? What do you want them to find out? What skills do you want them to acquire throughout the course of your teaching? And that will lend itself very well to what technology tool you use. If it's collaboration, if it's developing um, a research paper, if it's, you know, this, that, the other thing goal wise, then Google apps red works very well. It has the collaborative piece. It has the ability to word process. It has the extensions and the apps that allow you to um, compile research components. Um, but I, I just, I really hesitate saying, teach me how to use technology in the classroom. I think it's, let me teach you what our curriculum is, what our students need to get out of our curricular programs. And then you can say, here's what great technology tools exist to be able to accomplish these goals um it's not technology for the sake of technology it has to have a point and that's what i try and preach every time somebody brings up that kind of conversation because i really think that a lot of times we just throw technology at a problem or at uh, a classroom saying hey we're teaching with technology we're innovative and that's not right you need to really focus on what you want the kids to learn and what kind of um standards and all that kind of great stuff that you want them to accomplish and then figure out what tools work best for that. Now, when, the, when a district says, should we go Google? And you know that Google is free and it's, it's got all of these great things. When would the answer be, no, you shouldn't go Google Apps? That's a really good question. And I think I could take some input from Sam too, but I think that there's definitely a progression in place that, if you don't know where you're going as a department or a school, then you don't want to throw Google Apps into the mix. If, if, you, if you still feel like you're struggling, if you still feel like you're developing your curriculum, 
if you still feel like you're not where you need to be in terms of how you are educating the students, then throwing Google Apps for Ed in is just going to piss people off. It's going to be one more thing that they have to learn about. It's going to be one more thing on top of figuring out what they're doing in their classroom to educate kids, and that's not fair. So I would say that if they've gone through the strides of putting together curriculum and figuring out what it is that they want to accomplish in the classroom, then Google Apps at that point can only help the situation, especially for the teachers that feel like they're ready to use it. I would hate to throw that in in the middle of developing a new curriculum or overhauling a curriculum or, you know, completely innovating your lessons and everything for Common Core and all that kind of stuff, and then also have to try and learn Google Apps for Ed on top of that and integrate that in. I think figuring out where you want to go is much more important before just throwing technology in the mix as well. Sam, what do you think? I'm going to take the counterpoint of just throwing technology blindly into the mix for the sake of technology. We want something with a, a big flash effect that's really <laughs> complex that teachers feel they can't really do. No, um, I have to agree with everything Jeff was saying that um, you know, Google Apps for Education itself is kind of monolithic and a bit intimidating. And if you don't have a set plan as to how or why you're using technology, then saying, oh, and we're going to go Google Apps for Ed could distract your entire program because you're going to spend a whole lot of time talking about why Google Apps for Ed when you may not have good answers for any of the why questions. Um, are, there are legitimate concerns about student data mining and et cetera with Google Apps for Education. And, you know, those are conversations you need to be ready to have. And if you have a strong, organized, right-minded approach to technology, this is just one of the details. If you don't, it's one of the roadblocks. I have actually a really good example about how rolling out Google Apps for Ed worked well in tandem with um, the curriculum that we have in place in our building. Um, we have been active on Google Apps for Ed for about two to three years now. And this year was the first year that we actually did a rollout of Google Apps Fred. And it worked really nicely. Our English teachers do a project called their, it's a senior project, and it's ultimately a senior thesis with a presentation. And they were sitting down as a department trying to figure out how can they streamline this presentation and this paper that they work essentially a half of a year or more on. And allow it to be collaborative between the student and the teacher and allow the students to be able to work together and allow frequent updates and check-ins and sharing information and storing information because this project spans over more than a semester. They need a good place to store the references and keep everything together. And, it, I mean, it almost, in this meeting with our media director, she was like, well, we do have Google Apps for Education at this school, and they're like, well, what's tell me more about that? And as they, as she explained that it met all of these different criteria for what they were looking for, the teachers in that department, who I believe are, you know, very strong teachers in the classroom, but some of them aren't the strongest with technology, and they would be the first to admit it, were more than excited about the opportunity to use Google Apps for Ed because it brought all of these things to the table and supplemented what they were already trying to accomplish in the classroom. And it's just a great example of knowing what they had in place in terms of what standards they wanted the students to be able to learn and walk away with 
and how they incorporated the technology of Google Apps Red to allow the collaboration, allow the constant communication, the storage of information so that they can have quick and easy recall. And all of the teachers in that department are totally on board. They learned as much as they can about Google Apps Red and have implemented it. And by doing that, not only have all of our seniors in our school gotten rolled out into Google Apps Red, but now all those English teachers want their other classes to be on it. And from that, that means every student in our building has now been rolled out on Google Apps Red through our English department without any other, I mean, that's all we had to do is introduce it to a department that sees every kid in our building, and now we've rolled it out by the English And department. was ready to make it useful, right? Because, Absolutely. you know, the other teachers are like, wow, that is actually useful. Because yep. this is really where Google Apps gets really powerful is when you're using it collaboratively. Correct. I mean, it's great to have cloud-based computing, but what they do better than anybody is this collaborative shared files working, and it's amazing, especially when all the kids are creating on their devices. Correct. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty phenomenal seeing what they're putting together and how they're, I mean, they introduced it, it as like, okay, here's Google Apps for Ed, and here's how we're going to use it. So it was an instant introduction and use case, which made it relevant to the kids. It made it, you know, something that they knew that they weren't learning this tool, and then we were never going to talk about it again. Because I feel like a lot of times that happens, a teacher wants to try something new and cool, and that's great. I mean, I love innovation, but if you're going to teach kids a new skill, and then never talk about it or touch it again, that's kind of a, I, I struggle with that as well. So I love the ability to be able to say, here's a new tool, and here's how we're going to use it throughout the rest of this course. That's awesome. And now you said it took three years for your school district to finally put the flag down and say, we are a Google Apps school. What, was the, what were some of the first steps that you took after everything was in? Did you open? I mean, I've, I've seen school districts say, all right, everything's open. I've seen school districts say, we're just using Docs. I've seen school districts say we're not giving kids access. We're just going to do a year with the teachers. What was your strategy? So when we first signed up is when we first started our iPad pilot program. Um, all of our AP students um, in, well, not all of them, in, in two different curricular areas of our AP program, we did one-to-one -one iPads. And when we did that, we also signed up as a Google Apps for Ed school. We told no one about it but the AP kids. All the AP kids knew they had accounts. Every other kid in the building had an account, but they never knew about it. And as people kind of brought it up and said, hey, I could really make use of something like this, then we told them, well, you can log into your Google Apps account. And so it was kind of on a case-by-case -case basis that we rolled it out, very, very limited basis. Teachers had accounts that they, some knew they had, some didn't know they had. And that was year one. Year two, it kind of trickled out a little bit more to staff, where staff were using it, getting a little bit more comfortable with it. They had access to docs, um, docs really, all the cre uh, creation tools. Um, but we did, we were still a Microsoft Outlook Exchange server district. We're not using Gmail. Um, and then, like I said, going into the third year when we sat down as an English department and brought in, you know, myself and the media director. As these kind of concerns came up, then we're like, now's the time. This is when we can harness this power and this creativity and this desire to innovate. And, you know, as Sam just said in our chat a little bit ago, you know, lead with purpose. We have this ability to roll this out 
in a very, very distinctive way that we know that there will be buy-in and we know that it will be used throughout the entire course of the year so that the students feel comfortable with it and then it trickles out into their other classes. So I think the way that we did it was kind of cool in the sense that we didn't just get it and shove it down people's throats because that can be off-putting as well. We got it, didn't do anything with it except for the two classes that we really had a use for it right away and then let it kind of naturally roll itself out. And that was, you know, at least for our building and the ways that uh, it kind of rolled out was really powerful. Now, as far as training for this, and I I know we're coming up on time here, I've seen school districts do, uh, for instance, Science Leadership Academy has this program called Edu Concierges, which is basically the kids are helping with the training of the teachers. And so where the ed tech teacher, whoever has a team of kids, and then they learn, and then that spreads the team out farther. Is that a good way to go? Does the article that I referenced earlier of creating a ba- class badges, if you will, um, for the teachers have uh, have a good success rate? What have you guys heard of on that? We don't need no sticking badges. Uh, <laughs> frankly, I think gamification is a dangerous game to play with teachers because ultimately we want them to feel more like professionals and less like we're pandering to them and like children. I agree. So, uh, but, uh, so the model, so the model that I see working, we're working towards one of those edu concierge type ideas. Um, our instructional technologist, media person, um, has been really spearheading most of the training. She's been going in without working, not only working with teachers, but she does full Google Apps introductions for the classes of students that'll be using it, and that's ultimately been all of our English classes. So we've relied very heavily on our um, instructional media uh, teacher to be rolling this out and teaching people the skills that they need to at least get started, get their feet wet, and then you know they have the basic tools to be able to learn on their own um, about more of the different features and availability of Google Apps. Um, I think that the initial training of the teachers that she did, too, made the teachers have at least a working understanding so that they could at least answer basic level questions. But ultimately, uh, I got to give props to our instructional media teacher that she just makes herself you know, available all the time for the kids, you know, walk-in appointments, anything like that, and she's more than willing to sit down and work through any problems that they're having. And I think just that accessibility, you know, that's she's that's why she wants to start up the edu concierge so that she has a couple of students every period that can be kind of like paratroopers, so to speak, going out to classrooms and helping fix problems or also being stationed in the media center so that students and staff can come there and have their questions answered as well. So we're working towards that model of having student-led instructional technology support, but ultimately it's coming from our media center right now where all that support's being given. You know, guys, this is a great topic. Maybe we can actually do this on one day. Um, Jeff, would you be – I'm, I'm giving you more homework here, but is there a <laughs> way for you to showcase what Google Apps is like from maybe the back end? Do you have access to any of that stuff? Uh, I, I think I still do. I was a domain controller for a while. I'm not sure if now that we've gone district-wide with it if I'm still able to access that. If not, I can definitely request it for a couple of days and record something. Nice. Well, I know we're coming up on time, and I want to say thank you guys for that little spot. Maybe we'll actually take that five-minute segment there, and we'll pop that up on YouTube, and we can write a couple blog posts about it, because I think these are topics like that, are, that people are, are willing to have and, and, and need to have. And so thanks for uh, that little bit of a topic. Jeff, what is going on this week at Instructional Tech Talk? <laughs> 
Uh, depending on how much moving and unboxing and all that stuff I get accomplished, uh, we'll see how much actually gets done on my website. So uh, it's all kind of up in the air right now as I make this transition. My hope is that I can set up Instructional Tech Talk's new headquarters in my spare bedroom, i.e. I. new office, i.e. Broadcasting Central, um, and actually get a place put together where I can do some more regular podcasting and not have a headboard in my background like I do right now. So the uh, the ITT compound is well on its way to uh, getting set up here. It's definitely in the works. I just uh, need to find a new desk. Other than that, everything's good. Nice. <laughs> Sam has everything at the Patui compound. Everything out here is great, Jeff. Uh, we're just you know trucking along, getting through this week, <laughs> writing about robots in kindergarten, playing oh, with kids cool. in tech. Yeah. Have you seen kindergarten is using Google Apps? Um, you know, I was talking to a school that I used to work for who they begin in kindergarten with their students on Google Apps for Education uploading content from the iPad cart. So from K3, all the kids have the same password, and they just sign into the different kids' accounts at the end of work time and upload the work that they've created to their Google Drive account, and the parents have access to the Google Drive account from day one. Uh, the one trick they have found is occasionally you can catch parents going into the Google Drive account to do the kids' homework. <laughs> Jeez. We will have right. to definitely do a topic on this. There's, of course, a lot of stuff yeah. going on at TeacherCast this week. We've got some good shows coming up. Please check us out over on TeacherCast.net slash YouTube. Become a subscriber today. We certainly love it when you do. Um, again, thank you guys out there. 50 episodes, guys. Wait. we need we, That's pretty awesome. We need somebody with sound effects now. Yeah. Right? John Samuelson. <laughs> Where have you gone? We miss you, man. We'll talk about that one at a later date. But on behalf of John and and Jeff and Sam and uh, Walker, you want to say any closing arguments here? Uh, I can say all kinds of closing arguments. Walker, arguments. Are I, we arguing now? I saw, yes. I saw a picture oh, of you on Twitter. Where you were driving. Is that true? I, I sometimes drive. You know, we, we, we go for long drives. I was vlogging while driving. Maybe not a good idea. Uh, is it automatic or manual? Uh, it's it's manual. And, and okay. Okay, yeah, there you go. Leave you wondering on that. I was, <laughs> I was actually less worrying about the stick shift and more worrying about the gas pedal, but, you know, hey. I got friends. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Check I got us me out. a self-driving Google car. Cut to the end of this. Come on. Check us out on Twitter. Check us out on voicemail. Check us out on YouTube. And, of course, we are here live each and every week on TeacherCast.tv. On behalf of everybody, TeacherCast, see you next week. Boom. See you. Boom.